the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show. Good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for a free credit report evaluation. RepairMyCreditNow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today? Today, we've got Jim Palmer, and he is a marketing and business building expert and in-demand coach. He is also the founder of Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim's the host of Dream Business Coach TV. We got a little bit of a theme going here. Uh, (laughs) A hit weekly web TV show watched by thousands of entrepreneurs and small business owners. And he is also known as the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, a weekly podcast based on Jim's unique brand of smart marketing and business building strategies. He's also internationally known for the dream business coach and creator of the No Hassle newsletter, the ultimate done-for-you newsletter marketing program used by hundreds of clients in nine different countries. Jim, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm great, Doug. Thanks for having me on. I love your uh, I love your ambitious program. Well, you know, thanks so much. I try to uh, kind of stick with that brand of, of ambition and excitement, and it sounds like you've got kind of the dream brand, and I, I love that as well. So um, let's jump in. I mean, what did I miss in the intro? I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, how did you get where you are today? I am uh, married 36 years, father of four uh, great kids, uh, two grandkids. Oh, goodness, three grandkids. I just forgot we had one uh, just a few weeks ago. And um, my wife and I, are uh, we've been empty nesters for a while. Uh, we rescue dogs and cats, and we are also boaters. Um, as a matter of fact, we're, uh, we're almost ready to move out of this house of 28 years. We're going to live, live and work aboard our boat for a few years. Really? Now that's yes. that's pretty cool. Now, so so where what body of water is is the boat in? It is in the Chesapeake Bay in Upper Chesapeake Bay, Maryland. Uh, but what we're going to do here in the Northeast, where it gets cold, um, we are well, it gets winterized actually in a couple of days, and uh, we're going to be in a one bedroom apartment after we move out of our house. Uh, till April and then in April we actually get on the boat and we'll be on there for a couple of years and our first uh, voyage will be up to New England where uh, one of our daughters and two grandkids live we're going to spend the summer in Rhode Island and then in the fall uh, we'll start making our way down the intercoastal waterway to Florida so knock wood this is going to be my last cold winter Doug you know, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm from Texas, and I've, I was born and raised in Texas, and I've been here my whole life, and so when it gets, you know, below 50 in Texas, we're, like, uncomfortable. So uh, <laughs> you guys up in the Northeast, y'all sort of wearing, you know, T-shirts and, and shorts on that kind of weather, but for us, man, it's, it's chilly. 
I, I get you. I'd love 50 degrees today. <laughs> well, so, so you know, you, you mentioned you've been married for 36 years, and hey, congratulations to you. What an accomplishment, uh, especially in this day and age where so many people just take things for granted and, and, you know, something like one out of every two, you know, don't make it. I've been married for a little over 20 years, and, uh, you know, the reality is, um, you, you know, it's it's a great uh, opportunity to have that type of partnership for, for that uh, period of time. And congrats on your success there. Now, four kids, three grandkids. And I can tell you are an extraordinarily, you know, busy business guy. So can you talk just a little bit about that? I mean, what was that like over the past, you know, almost four decades, being a business person and going through all those things? It was always like smooth, uh, smooth like glass, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, we've never had a fight in our lives. No. no, you know, like, well, like any couple, we've had our challenges. But, you know, one of the reasons we decided to do the boat thing is we get along so famously. It's just, I mean, that's really important. And, and honestly, a lot of marriages struggle after the kids leave because that's your common goal, at least when the kids are home. And but um, no, we really decided to do this. Um, I was a, uh, an employee mostly for entrepreneurial companies until I was 41. And, um, at the time I was VP of marketing for a training company and, and my position was then eliminated. And that's when I found myself unemployed, Doug. And, uh, with four teenagers at home, this is going back 15 years now with four teenagers at home, I really thought that I'd be best served to find another, you know, nice paying gig until I was more ready to uh, start a business, which I always knew I would do someday. But, um, I'd say God had other plans for me. And so after 15 months of unemployment and um, my first round with cancer, which was about 12 months into my unemployment, I had to uh, deal with cancer. Uh, I decided, you know what, I was at a very low point in my life. And some, I, you know, sometimes they say when you get so low, there's only one place to go and that's up. And I decided uh, the fact that I didn't have any money and I was already heavily in debt, I thought this would be a good time to start a business. <laughs> so that's when I started my first business when I was uh, 42 years old. You know, I'm I'm glad you brought those things up because so many times, you know, people think they want to wait until everything's perfect, and it may be when they're, uh, you know, maybe perfect to get married or perfect to have kids once you are married or perfect time to start a business or whatever the case is. And the reality is, is that as we have seen, you know, there's no perfect time for anything because just about the time you think it's perfect, then some kind of train wreck is going to happen because that's just how life is. And you know, interesting as you're talking uh, about cancer, you know, my my wife is currently going through breast cancer. We're probably uh, about um, 10 months into her treatment and, and those kind of things. And so she's on the tail end of it and, and it looks like a pretty good um, outcome. Oh, good. And, and so, but, but you go through those things and as an entrepreneur, you know, the, the one thing that I hear from the, I'm not, I'm not gonna say want to be entrepreneurs in a, in a negative way, but people that want to be, I mean, they're getting to the point where they don't think they want to work for someone else and they want to go out on their own they think it's because it's going to be easier and they won't have a boss and, and, you know, this, that, and the other. But what so many don't realize is, is that sometimes that structure of having a boss and some of those things can keep you out of your own way. And, you know, the reality is you jump out there and, you know, yours was through a, a job loss, but, you know, then, then you, you know, you're unemployed for several months, a little bit over a year, and then you get kneecapped with, you know, the cancer. And then, you know, one thing leads to another, but guess what? 
You said, you know what? I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to make it happen. And that's the other thing. Whenever you get low, so low, the only way is to go up. But that's if you stick to it and you roll up your sleeves and you don't take no for an answer and you don't feel sorry for yourself. I mean, you got to go out there and make it happen. The other piece is, I'm sure you can tell us a little bit more about this, but you know, when time's tough and, and you don't have enough money coming in, you can't go get depressed and curl up in the fetal position. You know, that's right. You got to keep pressing. So can, can you talk about mindset and how you persevered and how you, you know, you just finally said, okay, look, I'm going to do this. Um, and then what were those first few months like? You know, um, an entrepreneur is somebody who will work 80 hours for themselves instead of working 40 hours for somebody else. You know, I'm sure you've heard that. Um, and most successful people that I've spoken to have actually said, if I knew how hard those first years would be, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have done it. But thankfully, you know, you do and you do go through it. Doug, my first uh, fully 12 months as a business owner was revenue free which means it took me a year to get my first client. Now, having kids at home and, and things like that, I knew that being a business owner was 100% what I was meant to do, what I should be doing, but I also had you know mouths to feed, and so I actually got a job uh, at my local Target. Now, here I am. I was a VP of marketing. Now I'm stocking shelves on the 4 a.m. shift, so I got out of work at 11 and then went went home, cleaned up, put my big boy clothes on and went out and started calling on companies for, you know, for prospective clients. And I did that for a year as I started eventually getting clients. I tried to withdraw some of my hours and tried to do that whole balancing act. And eventually Target said, well, you're either working here or you're, you're not. And I said, well, that's an easy decision. So uh, even though I wasn't ready cash flow wise, I, I quit. And that, just as you said, that was the impetus to keep going. Um, now, in your question, you also asked about how was it during those early days? Well, you know, forget uh, slow days and slow weeks. I had month after month after month of, you know, when is this going to happen, right? And there was two things that kept going through my mind. Number one, I kept imagining – um, and you know, whether you believe in God, spirit, universe, I kept saying, I kept hearing God say, what made you think this was going to be easy? And, you know, I, you know, everything worth fighting for, it, everything worth of value is worth fighting for. And the other thing, which was actually, as I look back on it now with hindsight being 2020 and a lot of time in the rearview mirror, I kept thinking to myself, how utterly ridiculous would it be if I was to quit now? I said that probably after month two, month five, month eight my 11th month of not having a client, how ridiculous would it be for me to quit now when tomorrow I'm going to wake up and get my first client? It's a little bit of that that uh, book, Three Feet from Gold, if you're familiar with that. But, you know, every, every day that I didn't get a client, I just felt, okay, it's going to turn tomorrow, and I just kept going. You know, that's that's one of those kind of things that you really just have to be aware of. And, and you know, like you said, as an entrepreneur, you don't have a, a parachute. You, know, you don't have a boss. You don't get to call in sick. And, you know, you, you actually added some significant value there of how, you know, you had to kind of humble yourself and, and go to work at Target at the 4 a.m. shift. You know, I remember a time in my life where I had to go in and I, I was making good money, but I transitioned to something else and it didn't take off. And I had to work at Best Buy in the nights and weekends. And mm -hmm. I did that, and it was almost like dang near minimum wage, I think. And, you know, it's one of those deals where it, it didn't make sense, but it's, I had to have something else to get some additional, that extra couple hundred bucks of a week coming in to make it happen. And sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to make it happen. And, and I appreciate you, you know, being 
uh, you know, just kind of vulnerable, but they're sharing that with us. And it really is great information, you know, for our listeners. And, you know, after a brief word from our sponsors, we'll jump right back in and hear a little bit more from Mr. Palmer about the things that he is currently doing and really how he monetizes his businesses right now on the Ambitious Radio Network. Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. Home ownership. It's the American dream. It's a goal you've always hoped to achieve. You've spent countless weekends looking for the perfect house on the ideal block. The rates are low and you've saved enough for the down payment. Unfortunately, now the mortgage company says there's a little hitch. Okay, let's be honest. It's a gigantic, gargantuan hitch. It's your credit. And it looks like your estimated house payment will be (laughs) a lot more www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with repairmycreditnow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to repairmycreditnow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. RepairMyCreditNow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle. But if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug? All right, guys. Welcome back to Ambitious Radio. This is your host, Doug Parker, and today we've got Jim Palmer with us, and he is the host of many different things, but really best known for his business coaching, the Dream Business Coaching, and his No Hassle newsletters. So let's just jump right in. Let's talk a little bit about how is it that you monetize your businesses? How do you uh, get the value uh, and, and put something in the bank for all your efforts? Well, one of the things that I teach with uh, uh, of what a dream business is one of the one of the uh, core principles is it has multiple streams of revenue. So when I started my first business 15 years ago, I was writing and designing newsletters uh, for different companies and chambers, associations, nonprofits, and the like. And then um, five years into it, after I did start growing my business, Doug, five years in, my wife uh, said to me one night, I think it was a summer evening, she said, "Hey, Jim." when are we going on vacation? We haven't been on vacation in like over five years since before you got laid off. And I'm thinking my first impulse was, can we afford it? Yeah, we can afford it. But then I thought, oh my gosh, how can I go away? I've created a business where I am literally the sole employee. I'm the chief cook and bottle washer. If it any has to be done, I'm doing it. And if for me to go on vacation and who's going to answer the phones and this was, you know, before ring central and all that good stuff. And I'm like, I just couldn't figure out how I was going to run my business. And what I realized at that moment and um, several days of, of thinking about it is I had created a job for myself. And while I was well on my way to creating uh, some financial freedom, there was no way I was getting any time freedom. And that's when I shifted Doug to, um, 
you know, my first internet business. And then I ended up having, um, five different internet businesses and then coaching. And so the answer to your question of monetization is if you provide immense value with whether it's a product or a service, um, and you market it and brand it correctly, you're going to, you're going to have customers. And, um, one, one of the ways I discovered the whole concept of multiple streams of revenue is as I launched no hassle newsletters, my first online business is my then uh, clients were then asking me, hey, where do you get them printed? Uh, can you recommend a printer? And I thought, well, I do use a printer because I've been using one for five years. And I thought, huh, I've got people who are paying me money every month for newsletters and templates and content. Now they want it printed. And I, and I basically thought to myself, I could make a referral or I could create a revenue stream. And what I did is I created Concierge Print and Mail on Demand. I partnered up with a printer and based, long story short, they place an order through my website and the files go to my printer. He fulfills it and just mails them. And I don't own any printing presses. I just get a piece of every order that's placed there. And and um, so we started going like that. And, and then people started asking me, where do you get all the blog posts and content for your, all the social media you're doing? So I launched No Hassle Social Media. And, and it just kept going like that, Doug. But I think the overriding principle is if you listen really carefully to what your customers are saying and asking for, and saying is important because sometimes you overhear conversations and you think, hmm, I think there's an opportunity there. And so um, just figure out how you can um, create another revenue stream. You know, that's that's a very interesting, you know, transition. And we'll get into a little bit in the next segment about how, you know, you develop new businesses and what's next for you and those types of things. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, I know for me personally, so I'm not pointing any fingers at you. And if I am, I'm pointing probably three of them back at me. But the reality is, you know, what makes entrepreneurs great is that, you know, we have vision. We can see things, you know, in the future, kind of conceptually what we want to do. The problem is, is that, you know, we can see all kinds of stuff. And so it's like squirrel, you know, you're off on this or that or wherever. And, you know, can, can you talk a little bit? Because it seems like those were a couple of projects that seemingly, especially in, in this discussion, were absolutely no brainers. But were there any other projects over the last 10, 15 years that you, you dreamt up and you started working on that uh, you decided, nah, that's not going to work out too good? Of course, everybody has the, everybody who's doing anything has those. The only people who aren't making mistakes or, or, you know, doing launches that aren't working out are the people who aren't doing anything. I mean, it seems a little obvious on its face, but it's really true. Um, if you look at um, any successful business owner, there, there are multiple failures uh, in the past. And that's why, not to go down the political route, but when they were poking fun at a recent presidential candidate for some bankruptcies, well, of course, if you start 100 businesses, not all of them are going to work out, right? That just means you're, you're very busy and you're doing things. Now, for me, I, I actually, uh, uh, my third uh, business was called No Hassle Marketing. And I thought, man, I've really got this marketing thing down. And, and I, I actually uh, went with a partner, one of my good buddies. And I said, man, we, we got a lot of the same thoughts and feelings on marketing and entrepreneurship. So we started this new business and we did it, we did it right because we were really good friends. We said, listen, we know not all partnerships work. So we actually spent like $2,500, which was a lot of money to us to, to, to develop uh, partnership papers. What happens if somebody wants to quit, get bought out? What happens if it doesn't work? We had all that figured out and good thing because it didn't work out. We each lost about 15,000 bucks. And, um, but you know, it was a great experience. Uh, I learned a lot about partnerships that even when you have the right mindset and vision, everybody's got a different speed. Everybody produces at a different pace. Uh, so even if you have very clear, 
excuse me, clearly defined lines about who's going to do what. If if you need something that the other person is doing and they're not going to do it till Friday and you really want to do it on Tuesday, <laughs> you know, that's going to be a source of conflict. But bottom line is absolutely, Doug, if there are going to be failures. I've launched some programs which I thought were going to be grand slam home runs and then something changes in the marketplace. I remember Pinterest was really big about four years ago or three years ago. I launched this P Pinterest graphics program and we went gangbusters for six months and then all of a sudden everybody's eyes were on something else and I don't know what it was but it wasn't Pinterest anymore mm -hmm. but you know you, you, you take the shot yeah absolutely well and and that's that's one of the things and it sounds like obviously um, you are definitely flirting with the serial entrepreneur with all the branding and the different companies and I also noticed that it seems like you know the no hassle and the dream those are two kind of brands that you've gone after and use them to to do some of the different businesses um, obviously that's purposeful so how, how was it that you landed I mean on those two brands well when I um the first, so they're pretty cool company names. I'm, I'm I don't hit a hundred percent. Like my first company was called Dynamic Communication. What the heck's that mean? <laughs> and um, but when, when I created the uh, done for you newsletter templates and the content, um, I was having a discussion with a buddy of mine, and he I, he said, "Well, what exactly are you doing?" And I said, "I'm creating you know templates that people can just use. So it um, just it takes the hassle out of producing a newsletter." He said really how much I said these are completely no hassle and he goes oh that'd be a good name that's how I named no hassle newsletters and that I really like that and you know it was shortly after that I think um, that credit card company uh, I think it's Capital One used the no hassle brand and I'm saying hey they ripped me off more than likely I probably watched a commercial in my sleep one night but you know when you have a good brand you want to keep building on it and one of the ways that multiple streams of revenue work is if you have different products or services but they're attractive to the same client base, right? So uh, somebody who's a no-hassle newsletter client would easily um, be a customer for, for my printing service. Uh, somebody who's uh, – both of those customers would easily be interested in no-hassle social media because they're obviously interested in marketing, growing their company. I do have customers – uh, of no hassle newsletters who don't use the printing. I use people who, who, who use my printing service that aren't no hassle newsletter customers. But when you can have a brand and you can keep building on it, it's, it's really helpful to have multiple uh, kind of silos, if you will. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense, and it makes it where you can leverage it. Your customers are already familiar with it. It's nothing that's that's changing, and you know a lot of people are they're just they're just change adverse. I mean, nobody likes change in general, and so it kind of it gives them a comfortable feel to kind of continue on with. So you know, in addition to your book, and we didn't talk a lot about it, but it, uh, we will, and maybe in the next segment get a little bit on that. But are there any specific other books? I know you mentioned one about the three foot, um, three oh, feet from gold, three feet from like gold. Yeah. yeah. Are there any other books that you recommend? Uh, no BS Direct Marketing is one of my favorite books by an author uh, and a mentor of mine, Dan Kennedy. Um, Dan writes in a very conversational tone. I mean, his his uh, shtick or Monica is the no BS guy, so he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He just tells it like it is. I read that book, and I'm like, wow, because up to that point, I've been reading books, um, you know, the history of IBM. I was reading, uh, you know, like um, – uh, the guy who used to run GE. Doggone if his name slips uh, my mind. Uh, now you say that um, I'm looking at his picture in my head right now. Jack Walsh. Jack Walsh. I'm reading Welsh, all these, Welsh, Jack Welsh. Yeah, Jack Welsh. Thank you. Reading all these kind of serious books. And then I read Dan's book and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is a total entrepreneur. He gets it. And um, 
and I, so I just resonated. I resonated so much after reading that book that I went back to my um, house. I was actually reading it on vacation. I went back to the house and got on Amazon and ordered all the rest of Dan Kennedy's books. And, and um, so that, that's one I would highly recommend. It's, it's outside the box thinking. Um, he, he doesn't spend a dollar unless he thinks he's going to get a return on it. He does not believe in brand building like Coors or Pepsi. So if you're going to spend money marketing, you better make money back. I mean, it's really some really uh, good uh, grassroots core stuff. Sure. No, that, that makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. And, and, you know, uh, I, I remember in the, in the show prep, you had put an, uh, a quote that you really like. Can you refresh my memory on what that was? Gross is for vanity and net is for sanity. There you go. That's it. So we're talking about in this segment a lot about your um, income and where it's derived at. And then it kind of nicely transitioned to, hey, if you're spending money, you know, you better have a return on that investment because especially as a, you know, an entrepreneur, I mean, you know, if you're Coors or you're, you know, um, whatever, Coca-Cola or whatever, you're in a little different place. And branding is one thing for entrepreneurs. Most of us, it really does revolve around you know, just getting in front of people and getting a return on the investment. That's what we've got to do. And, um, you know, if you start spending too much money just getting, quote, unquote, your name out there, everybody will know your name. And then you'll be, uh, speaking of bankrupt, you'll, you'll be in that bankruptcy filing line if you're, not, if you're not careful. So that is really, really some fantastic information. And, guys, if you like what you're hearing, you can uh, subscribe to subscribe to us by texting the word ambitious to 69922 standard messaging rates will apply see the website for full details and you can get updated on who our upcoming guests are what's going on and those types of things next we're going to be talking more to jim about what ambitious things he's got on the agenda for 2017 and beyond right here on the ambitious radio network could you lose your career because of your faith Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God or what they say? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers, and if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. This is Kelly Shackelford, president of First Liberty. We're the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. We've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to the local schools. If you want hope for religious freedom, go to firstliberty.org and get your free In God We Trust window clean. That's firstliberty.org. Back in here on the show, it's Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system? Consider grasshopper.com. You get to keep your existing number, you have multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system. Let's get back to the show with Doug Parker. All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we've got Jim Palmer, and he just does a little bit of everything, and entrepreneurs, I mean, if you're tuning in right now, if you're driving down the road, I would encourage you, go back and listen to this show, go back to the podcast, you know, where we replay it, 
but you got to tune in, make notes, because I'm getting golden nuggets like crazy. I'm scribbling stuff down here, and I love these shows for me because I get to learn from other successful people, and I hope that you guys are as well. So, so Jim, tell us just a, a little bit kind of about what ambitious things that you've got on the agenda for the remainder of this year and into 2017, and then how you go about making those decisions of what to work on and what not to. You know, I'm working um, right now for the next uh, couple months as, as you and I are doing this, Doug. Um, we got a live event coming up. I do them about every nine months. So the next one's in February. So I don't know if you ever put on a live event. It's like 100% concentration for at least 60, if not 90 days. So we're right in the thick of it right now. Um, I'm thinking about um, writing uh, my seventh book in 2017. Have not completely gotten comfortable with that. It's an it's an awful lot of work writing a book. <laughs> and and the funny thing about being an author is once you write the book, you think you're done. You're not because then there's a whole bunch of marketing and speaking and things like that. So uh, for the most part, I, I'm completely focused on my event. Of course, I have a huge number of coaching clients that I work with, and. Um, you know, for if that appears like a short list, it, it occurs something just popped into my head. I was part of a uh, high-level mastermind group about five years ago, and I had I was describing all the different things I had going on, and and if that wasn't enough, I said to this group of people, uh, and here's what I want to do next year. I forget it was probably like 2010 or 2011, and the. The, the guy who was running the program, just a multimillionaire, very successful business person. And Doug, I was really proud of myself. I thought my presentation was great and I was ready for some accolades or, hey, good good stuff, Jim. And this guy looks at me and he had like this steely, steely glare and he goes, hey, Jim, do you mind if I tell you something? I said, no, please. He goes, if you would spend half as much time marketing what you've already created instead of always looking to create three or four new things every year, he said, you'll be so much farther ahead of the game. And I thought, wow. I really felt like I got a little bit taken to the woodshed, but in a good way because he, it's true. At that point, I had like four different internet businesses and started my coaching program. And, and here I am looking at one, should I create new things? I said, no, you market the heck out of what you already have, and you're going to be so much farther ahead of the game. You know, and I'm glad that you brought that up because here's the deal. There, there's a couple nuggets for me in there. So so number one is, is is just the raw fact of what he said. You know, just work on what, you, what you're working on and don't get so sidetracked and squirrel and you're looking at something else and then all of a sudden you're not focused on something that could very possibly, you know, generate plenty of, of not just revenue but income for you. Uh, net income, but but the other part of it to me, and and I'll tell you guys, you know, that are tuning in here, he mentioned mastermind group, and then he mentioned a multi-million dollar successful business guy. So you know, everybody likes to be around people where you're the brightest shining person in the room because everybody's smiling at you and they want to talk to you and all that kind of cool stuff. The problem is, is that if you're the smartest person in the room, that's a problem because you're not learning anything from any of the other people. You get into a mastermind group and you get around some other people and there may be times where, like Jim said, you get taken to the woodshed a little bit. And sometimes sounds like this guy was pretty diplomatic and, you know, kind of ask you for your permission, you know, to call your baby ugly a little bit and, and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll just drill you in your teeth and you're like, dang, that kind of hurt. But here's the thing. If you get around very successful people that are really making things happen, they're not impressed with whatever your little successes are or your big successes for that matter. And that will keep you on the right path because it gave you some direction. It gave you some clarity and made you realize, you know what, I'm going to focus on the things I've got in front of me right now. 
And that, that makes a huge difference. I mean, it, it truly, truly does. And so I would encourage everyone out there, get, get into a mastermind group with some people that are peers and that there's a couple of others that are a couple steps above you to keep you in line. And if you can't find necessarily a mastermind group, just go try to find a couple of individuals. Take them to lunch. Most successful people are willing to spend some time with you, especially when you don't really have an agenda where you're not asking them for anything. You're just saying, hey, look, I'll buy your lunch if if you'll just kind of pick apart some of the things that I'm doing and give me some direction. And most people like to give give advice. So that's that's some powerful powerful stuff. Now that's that's how you've gone about making some decisions. Now, did that change? Let's let's talk about that. What did that transition look like? So you said it was in 2010 or 11. What did 12, 13, 14, 15 and 16 look like? How did you apply that knowledge and what were things that you scrapped and how did you focus your efforts more on the the things that you were working on? Well, there were some uh, new things that I was going to launch, and I didn't launch them. I still haven't launched them, but I'm not going to share what they are because I think someday they will be launchable businesses. But literally for the last five years – uh, I've done nothing except focus on my um, my high revenue generating activities, which are growing my coaching business and my main internet business, No Hassle Newsletters. And um, you know, it it became clear to me that if I was to add a hundred or two hundred more members to No Hassle Newsletters, what that would do for my income would far surpass in a short order versus launching something new. And the other thing is uh, with the coaching program, although that's that's a, a time sensitive thing because I, I do all the coaching myself, um, that's also, I found that to be highly rewarding. Now, the the one thing that I did pull the trigger on because you know it, it just proved to be very beneficial to my coaching and also had their blessing, that's when I started doing uh, my live events about three years ago. So somewhere around um, you know 2013 uh, is when I started doing live events. And that was something that, it was kind of on the back burner for me, um, Doug, because honestly, it's not something that I really wanted to do. You know, when you put on your own three-day seminar, um, this is what happens. You got to pick the date and just pray that there's nothing major conflict. <laughs> you can check holidays, but there could be another big event going on that your prospective clients might be at. So anyway, you finally settle on the date. You negotiate with a hotel for meeting space. And the only way they're going to give you the meeting space is if you guarantee a number of sleeping rooms will be rented. And when I mean guarantee, if nobody shows up, you still pay for everything. So there's and food and drink is a minimum. So there's a lot of expense to putting that on. So there's that little bit of Oh, my goodness. But then there's also uh, the oh, my goodness of what happens if I do sign everything and and nobody comes and to continue this little uh, head trash dialogue with yourself. What happens if uh, everybody comes and you're as as good as you think you are and then you get up in front of the room the first morning and you suck and you can't think of anything to say (laughs) and you got three days to fill. So there's a lot of reasons why, you know, uh, not everybody does live events, but I eventually – I eventually did them, found out I was pretty good at them, people liked them. So that's that's an example of one thing that I did launch since that encounter, but it was definitely as a marketing tool to grow the coaching business, which was one of my priorities at the time. Sure. Now, and you, we've mentioned this live event a couple of times, but can you give us some actual details? It's in February, but what day in February? And if someone wanted to come to it, number one, what could they expect to learn from coming? And then um, number two is how do they go about registering for it and those kinds of things? It's uh, Dream Business Academy. It's dreambizacademy.com. It's February 8th through the 10th in Orlando, Florida. 
and I will teach you everything about how to grow a dream business. Um, and I'll show you what I call my million dollar platform, which is all the different ways that I have marketed and grown my business and that I teach other entrepreneurs. It includes everything from email to video, podcasting, speaking, how to create yourself, uh, turn yourself into a celebrity expert, um, how to author a book, how to create a mastermind group, content marketing. It's all these different things that are uh, important. I've got some really great celebrity speakers coming. I mentioned, I think I mentioned earlier, been doing several interviews today, but Bob Burr the co-author of Go Giver series, good friend of mine, is coming to speak on how to get endless referrals the Go Giver way. Uh, Melanie Melanie Benson is America's uh, leading small business optimizer. She's going to talk about how to fix your money DNA, which is how to get your millionaire mindset. And and I've got about uh, six other speakers, some of team members of mine, and some. Um, just really smart people. It is a hands-on uh, workshop in a way. Uh, it's a no-pitch zone. So if you've ever been to a seminar where every hour on the hour they put up another speaker and it's an order form shortly follows, it is none of that. It's a, it is a content-rich, no-fluff, no-pitch zone uh, type of event. Cool. You know, and, and Bob Berg, he was on an episode uh, several back, probably 15 or 20 episodes ago. And uh, man, what a great guy, you know, the, the go-giver, what a great concept and how it works. And he's just a, uh, just a really cool interview. So I really enjoyed that, uh, that, that time with him. And, and uh, I, you know what, I, I'm going to look and see, I'm, I'm not sure what I've got going on in February, but man, it sounds like a a great event uh, and, and, and an opportunity to, you know, many of us are doing many different things. And with entrepreneurs, I think a lot of us, you know, we just kind of trial and error and figure it out as we go. We kind of build the airplane on the way down. And uh, hopefully that before it crashes, you know, we get it all uh, put together <laughs> properly. But, you know, it, it sounds like from being an author and, and the podcasting and just the different things, even if you're doing some of those things, it sounds like it's a great way to put some polish on how to make them even better. And if you're not doing it, if you've just thought about it, it gives you some practical steps to, uh, you know, to move forward. So, you know, that really nicely ties a bow on this segment of how do you decide what to do next and what are you working on next and those kind of things. And I, I appreciate you sharing all those details with us. Um, right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Next, we're going to be talking more to Jim about what he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit on the Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, Ambitious listeners, you hear us interviewing entrepreneurs all the time, and there's a common theme. They want to be more productive and improve their communication. As an ambitious entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. The Ambitious Radio Network recently partnered with Grasshopper to offer our listeners a special discount. Log on to ambitiousradio.com and click on the Grasshopper banner in the bottom right-hand corner. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Sound professional with a main greeting and multiple extensions that forwards callers to your mobile phone or others in your organization. Get a toll-free free number or local number for your business with multiple extensions. Set up each extension with custom call forwarding to any phone in the world. Get your voicemails emailed to you as an audio attachment or transcribe an email. Keep business calls separate from your personal calls. Plans start at $12 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember to click on the Grasshopper banner at ambitiousradio.com for a special discount for our listeners. Join the over 150,000 small business owners that have stayed connected with Grasshopper. See how Grasshopper works? It's the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn the world into your office. And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit, made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. 
Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to AmbitiousRadio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker. All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we've got Jim Palmer, and he is a published author, successful entrepreneur. This gentleman is doing just a little bit of everything, and he encompasses the word dream in pretty much all of his businesses. And you know what? That's what entrepreneurs do. They dream, but then they put those dreams into action. And when you're in action a whole lot, you know, what happens? Sometimes you're going so hard and so long and doing so much that you run out of juice. And so I want to talk to you a little bit today, Mr. Palmer. Let's talk about that. What do you do to recharge your ambitious body, mind, and spirit? Because I know you said you went for five years and your wife finally said, tapped you on the shoulder, said, hey, when are we going on vacation? So uh, what what do you do to, to recharge? Uh, so it wasn't always this way. Certainly, I would think probably for the first uh, eight or nine years of my 15-year career as an entrepreneur, I was in the category of working 80 hours instead of 40 or whatever I used to work um, because – Frankly, that's what it takes. And you, you mentioned earlier, Doug, uh, entrepreneurs, people are thinking about it. If you are not committed to working probably three times the hours you think you're going to work, um, you probably should wait until you're ready because when you start a business, it is all consuming. And I mean at the detriment if you've got young kids and things like that. So just think that out really, really carefully. Um, it's it's Owning a business is not for the faint of heart. Now, I learned an important lesson. Uh, I mentioned Melanie Benson as one of my speakers. She's also one of my great friends. She's been my personal uh, mindset coach for, I'm going to say, six years now. And about six years ago, she said, uh, when I was meeting with her once, she goes, you seem very tired to me. I said, oh, I got plenty of gas. I'm like, oh, I'm like the bunny. I just keep going, right? And she said, you have to take some time off. And um and literally, I just had so much going on, but that's how we always are every day. And she said, I'm not kidding. If you don't take time off, your your health is going to start crashing. And she said, besides, you will come back and you'll be even more productive than you think you are now. And I've always trusted her. And um, literally, this was like a Thursday. And um, uh, I told my assistant, Kate, I want to reschedule Friday and Monday's calls. I'm going to take a four-day weekend. She goes, what? You never do that? <laughs> well, I did it. Uh, in fact, Monday, this was during August, as a matter of fact. I'm in Philadelphia, and I'm a big Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I'd always wanted to go to their training camp. So I actually went and spent the whole day at Eagles training camp. I really, I came back on Tuesday, and I completely felt recharged, and it felt great. So you do need to take time. One of the things that I do today um, and this is just part of uh, my dream business is I do all of my calls, uh, co- my coaching calls uh, with my clients, my interviews like we're doing, Doug. They, everything happens Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. I have no schedule on Monday and Friday. Now, in the winter, I'm usually working in my office. I might be writing or producing content or doing whatever I want. But I know there are zero interruptions that are going to happen that day. In the summertime, we usually take three or four day weekends and, and we just enjoy being on our boat. Uh, again, it wasn't always that way, but I've designed my business in a way that that's it now supports my lifestyle. And as far as uh, body, I should I exercise a little. I should be doing more in spirit. I'm in prayer every day. But um, I tell you, when you're there's something about being on the water. Uh, it's just, in fact, when we drive to our boat, I could feel the stress melting away as we get closer and closer to the water. There's just something magical about water. 
you know, that's that's uh, cool that you say that. I, I am uh, kind of the same way. I've got a couple of saltwater aquariums at my office that, you know, right now I'm looking over to my right and I've got these fish from all over the world that it's just, it's something about the water and looking at it that for me, it just helps me tune out. And at the house, I've got a uh, a pond with a waterfall and, and Japanese koi in there. And it's the same thing. You can go out there and just sit in a hammock and just listen to the waterfall and, you know, those types of things. So it's, it's really finding a way to recharge. And, and, you know, I, I know you mentioned that you said you went to, uh, the Eagles camp, you know, to, uh, to, to recharge and, and over that weekend. Now I'm sorry, you're an Eagles fan. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan and you know, this particular <laughs> well, I'd rather year, be a Cowboys fan this year. <laughs> yeah, so this year, it's pretty good to be a Cowboys fan last year. Not so much, yeah. but, but, uh, but with that being said, you know, finding those things that you can do, you know, entrepreneurs are, are, are a different animal. We really are. And and what happens is, you know, like you said, you've got the vision, you can jump out there, not afraid of hard work. A lot of us will work 80 hours, so don't have to work 40 for someone else. But there are limits to how long you can do that for, because most people that are working 80 hours, frankly, they're probably eating fast food all the time because they're trying to get in and out real quick. You know, you only have 168 hours in a week. And so you got to sleep at some point and do some other things. And stuff fall it does fall by the wayside, you know, and and you know, if I had to do everything over again, who knows what I would do differently because I'm I'm pretty happy with where I'm at today. But you're right, you know, when you talk about kids, you know, there was a season with my kids, you know, th- that there's a lot of things that I didn't get to do with them. And, you know, they grow up on you. And as you mentioned, you've got three grandkids. I've I've got uh two kids and a grandkid on the way that'll be here in uh I guess about four months, three or four months in, in March. And, you know, the reality is that you know, you don't get that time back. It is, uh, it, it is the great equalizer and everybody, no matter how much money you have, no matter how smart you are, we all have 168 hours in a week and it's just finding a way to, to enjoy it. And you mentioned that lifestyle. I think that's great that you've got your Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that those are your kind of, you know, scheduled times. And then the Mondays and Fridays, Hey, it may be that you've got some stuff that's not on the schedule you're working on, or maybe you're taking a four day weekend and that's a great position to be in. And, and no wonder why, you know, you and the wife have been able to make it for 36 years because you, you've made it a priority in your life to spend some time with them. And, and I got a buddy of mine named Brian Flanagan that was with Zig Ziglar for about 30 some odd years. And he still does things with the Ziglar Corporation to this day. But um, he says, you know, you know, the best time to tell your wife you love her. And, Every day. Yeah, well, the answer is before somebody else does. That's <laughs> <And, laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, the reality is that, that uh, you know, we can take things for granted, especially family. And I think that's a, a, a very wise thing for, you know, for you to say that just, you know, you got to make these things a priority and, uh, you know, spend time with them because you can't go back and redo it. You really, really cannot. So let's talk about rest and kind of what does an average day look like for you? So are you, uh, are you one of those guys that gets by on three or four hours of sleep or do you get a, like a normal person's amount of sleep? Well, I don't know what normal is, but I get generally around six hours, maybe seven. Um, I'm generally up by 5 a.m. I'm very productive in the morning. Um, so if, especially if I'm in a writing mode or doing some kind of if there, I'm in some kind of what I call massive action mode, I can even get up at four, four thirty, and I just go for like three hours. I don't even, I don't do anything. I don't turn on the radio, TV. I don't check email because I want my mind completely free. I just sit at my computer and I write, and then um, I'll usually walk the dog, take a shower, and have breakfast, and then I'll start my workday. But I end um, usually by six o'clock, and uh, 
it's I'd like to tell you I completely turn off. I don't. I was going to address that um, in our last thing there where it's okay to be different. For example, if my wife and I are sitting on the couch and she probably has her laptop, I got my iPad, something's on the TV and and we're both doing our thing on, online, you know, multitasking and I'm checking email and stuff. But, you know, when we go on vacation or um, if we're away for four days, and this is something she had to get used to in the early days. She's totally used to it now. But um, when I'm on vacation, I will get up and I'll check email in the morning. I might check it at lunch and I might check it again in the evening. But that's it. I don't obsess and take it with me to the beach and stuff like that. But the thing is, she goes, you're on vacation. I said, yeah, but I, there's no in the early days, I'd say there's no way in the world I'll be able to relax and have fun if I can't at least see what's happening. So if I check email, there's no big fires. Everything's fine. Boom. I close the iPad and, and I go relax. One time we were uh, there's a, a very historic town called Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. And I remember we we're up there and uh, we took our dog. It was a dog friendly town and she's going in these shops, antique jewelry stores, things like that. And I said, I'll just stay out here with Toby. And of course, I pop open my phone when she go- goes inside and I'm checking email and stuff. And she comes out and goes, are you checking email? I said, yeah, well, I mean, for, for real, what difference does it make if you're in the store shopping and I'm looking at email? I mean, it, it really makes no difference. That was about as close as we come to an argument about it. But, <laughs> but honestly, if I can get, whether it's a minute or five minutes of just, okay, cool. And I close it. And as soon as she comes out, I close it, goes in my pocket and we just walk on. So it's okay to be different. If you're an entrepreneur, you are not expected. I just be comfortable with this. Everybody that's listening, people that are, that are, um, are uh, W2 employees, you have, whether it's nine to five, eight to six, whatever hours you work, when you leave, you're not the owner. You pretty much, unless you're on call or you're a first responder or something, you t- leave your job and that's fine. You got your work life. You got your personal life. When you're an entrepreneur, you just have your life and your life is a big part of your business. So it's okay if you can't turn your brain off. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because the reality is that, you know, some of us, it stresses us, stresses us out not to know what's going on. I mean, that's what makes you good at what you do. And, but I think you've got a really healthy balancer. You talked about, you know, when the wife comes out, then you put it up. Now I'm guilty of, you know, like looking at it nonstop and, and not, um, you know, just putting it up. So with that being said, that's a, that's bad on my part, but, um, you're right. You got to find a balancing act. How to how to keep your mind um, engaged and and not stressed. And then, but then also enjoy the the things in life. And I, I keep looking at this, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday thing that you you do, and potentially where you could have a three or four day weekend. You know, anytime you want to, pretty much, if your schedule, you know, if you don't have other projects that you're working on, and that's a really cool thing to look at is is finding a way to have some some time that's precious time that you can, if you want to make those things happen. Now we we've got just, I mean, a couple, maybe a minute or two left in the show. And I would like to cover if someone wanted to engage with you, if they wanted to get in touch with you, are you social? How would people go about doing that on, on the internet or, or uh, Twitter, you know, LinkedIn, those kind of things. Yeah, sure. So my home base is get www.getjimpalmer.com. From there, you'll see my books, my courses, all the companies links. That's where my podcast is links to everything from there. I am all over social. I'm big on Facebook and LinkedIn, a little bit on Twitter for the most part. Those are the, those are the big three. Um, so you pretty easy to find me on, uh, on, uh, Facebook and, um, yeah, I'll generally, I'll generally respond on Facebook. I, I, I do limit it because, uh, there's just a huge amount of time. If somebody's super engaging, I'll usually post a link to my, uh, scheduler or my assistant, but I'm more than happy to reach out and, and things like that. 
Well, cool. Well, I really appreciate your time. It's been, uh, to me, very valuable. And I, I've learned a whole lot just by uh, just in the interview processes. And I, and I hope that our listeners have as well. Just I want to thank you for coming on today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Doug. It's been an honor. Thank you, sir. You are so welcome. And, you know, we couldn't do it without our sponsors. So Ambitious Radio would always like to thank all the sponsors that are supporting our show. Tune in Wednesdays to Ambitious Radio, where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. So go out there and be ambitious. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.